What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Anti Up from Fantasy Alarm, presented here on the on the uh, Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm your host Howard Bender. Uh, with me here, Adam Rodas. And this is so welcome to a, a slice of the lives of Howard Bender and Adam Rodas, because as the two of us are sitting here, we figured it would be a very interesting time to record right now as uh, as i am in the middle of uh, the ffpc pros versus joe's draft uh while adam is actually sitting there in the fourth quarter uh of the basketball game he's been dying for all day long how's the hoop game going uh for me it's pretty good so far it is the houston rockets and the portland trail blazers and the blazers after three quarters are up 86 80 i have the blazers getting four tonight I also have Yusuf Nurkic over 18 and a half points. He's got 16. Uh, so hopefully he can get that done. Uh, but yeah, this is a big game. Houston has played very well since the bubble play started. They're 2-0. and They beat Milwaukee. They came back and beat Dallas in overtime. And this is a huge game for Portland. You know, Portland comes into tonight's play two games behind uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who lost Jaron Jackson today for the year. So they're 0-3. They're reeling right now. And if Portland wins this game, they're a game and a half behind the eighth seed. You know, they had a tough loss to Boston the other day by four. Uh, they beat the Grizzlies first game. And, uh, you know, I've been saying it pretty much uh, all during this time off that Portland to me was, is a very dangerous team. They got Yusuf Nurkic back. He's a very versatile big man who's played extremely well. Uh, and Hassan Whiteside was playing great this year. And it's relegated him to, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. He's coming off the bench. They got Zach Collins back, another big man. So uh, and this is a team that made the Western Conference Finals last year. So uh, I love watching Damian Lillard play. Uh, Carmelo Anthony has played well for them, too. So uh, they're a dangerous team. And but Houston is just uh, such a tough team uh, because they shoot so many threes. And uh, when you think like, oh, yeah, you got a 10 point lead, they just claw their way back. And all of a sudden the deficit's cut. So uh, Houston's just such a dangerous team. But this is a fun game to watch. Uh, It's actually lower scoring than expected. The game total was 244. And we're at 166 early in the fourth quarter. And that's the one thing is when you see those high totals, they usually go under uh, in the 240s. Uh, I didn't I didn't want to write it up or, or bet it just because, you know, it, it could be an overtime game. And with these two teams and the lack of defense, uh, it could get crazy. But uh, it's been a pretty competitive game so far. It's been fun. Uh, this was definitely the game I wanted to watch today for sure. Um, as long as it's living up to its billing for you, very nice. As long as you start winning all your, you know, you win all your bets on that, also very nice. I, I was telling you earlier, we can tell this in front of the audience too, um, the Jaron Jackson injury and him being out and Memphis uh, having lost to the Pelicans last night. Sorry to bring that up to you, Adam, but uh, Memphis loses last night. They lose Jaron Jackson for the rest of the time. They're crumbling. Portland's soaring. Uh, you even have San Antonio playing real well with all their youngsters. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely getting all over Jim Bowden and the Lakers, dude. If Portland, if Portland and the Lakers meet up, um, I mean, how do you talk to me about that series? Because you can't even say that you know how much of a difference maker Anthony Davis is if you're also going to expect to like that, that he could be gone in like the poof, blink of an eye as well. Uh, it would be a tough series. I mean, it's definitely not your typical 1-8. You know, Portland is not uh, a typical 8 seed uh, because they have the experience of getting there last year. They have a big game player, Damian Lillard. I mean, Damian Lillard is not afraid to take a big shot. He's fearless. And again, with Nurkic, uh, he's so versatile. You know, he rebounds. He's a good passer. He can block shots. And uh, having him back is huge. So uh, it would be tough. Uh, I would definitely give Portland a shot. I mean, you talk about a disparity in one eight games. You would have if Portland got in and plays the Lakers uh, in the Eastern Conference, you would have the Nets playing the Bucks. And I know you're going to say, well, the Nets beat the Bucks today. Well, uh, there was the Nets were without three of their top players, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert and Joe Harris. So did, yeah, did Giannis like, sit in the second <laughs> half? Giannis and Chris Middleton did not play at all. <laughs> well, you so said that, that was, was going to happen. Yeah, and it's a concern for some of these teams going forward. I know the Lakers have already said that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to play their full allotment of minutes on Wednesday and Thursday, but they say that now. Uh, you got to keep those guys healthy. 
But that's you're. I think you're going to see that with some teams. We saw Jimmy Butler. They announced it like I think an hour before the game that he was sitting today. It didn't matter because Miami went out there and won. A lot of the public money was on Boston too. Uh, so the books are have absolutely raked up today because Milwaukee was a 19 point favorite and they lost straight up. It's the biggest upset point spread wise in the NBA since 1993 when the Mavericks were 19 and a half point underdogs and beat the Supersonics. Uh, so that was definitely surprising. And then the Suns beat the Clippers today. Uh, the Clippers were favored by nine. Uh, and I think a lot of the public money was on Dallas. They were favored by five and a half. They won by four. So, uh, yeah, the books absolutely cleaning up today. And, and then a lot of the public money was on Boston. Uh, they were favored and even the line moved up a point when Butler was ruled out and they lost straight up to the heat by six who were playing on a back to back. So and even the Magic, the Magic were two point underdogs last night and they closed as two point favorites and they lost by 11. So the books cleaned up today in the NBA. Well, you know, <laughs> the uh, what's the old saying? All those beautiful hotels they have in, in Las Vegas, they're uh, they're all built on the public being wrong. So, yeah, you definitely had some uh, some crazy stuff. The last second uh, what was it? just a, a, a buzzer beater. Uh, that put the Suns ahead yeah, of the Clippers, Devin Booker. Right? Yeah, Devin Booker with a big shot, 35 points. They're now 3-0 and uh, since uh, bubble play started. So they're a young team. Uh, they look like they were kind of out of it, but, you know, they have a couple miracles go their way. They're going to need some help along the way. And they play the Pacers on Thursday, both teams 3-0 and uh, in Orlando. So uh, that will probably be a fun game to watch. Very, very nice. Very nice. Well, okay. Clippers can't lose their seating, right? They're still, they're locked into the No, they seat. actually could. They could actually fall to the three. How, uh, how badly do they have them. to do? They lead Denver by one game right now. Oh, really? It's yep, it's only one game. Yeah, Ooh. it's that tight. Ooh. Very interesting. Very interesting. What does that do for the, the Clippers as far as their first round matchup? Like, um, I mean... Who's, man, uh, Portland's gone ice cold, man. It's not tied at 88. Oh, jeez. <laughs> come on, Portland, wake up. Yo, Dame, come on, it's Dame time, man. Let's go, Damian Lillard. Wake up, man. He's kind of had a part game here, man. Well, that totally blows. I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm very sorry. All right, well, we'll see. But, uh, I mean, the matchup is, well, I mean, Dallas is kind of locked into the seventh seed. Um and as I said that, guess who hit a three? Hey! Damian Lillard. Let's go. It's Dame time, bro. Let's go. Step it up, man. This is your time. It's so funny. You're like you're like locked into that. I'm sitting here. I'm like, hmm, do I take Brashad Perriman next? He's still sitting on the board right now. Ah, it kind of yeah, makes I, sense. Are we like the only ones that like Brashad Perriman? Because like I feel like every draft he's there and I'm taking him. Like, we've had this discussion before, but this audience probably didn't hear it. Like, what round are you in? Uh, right now I am in round third. I'm going to, my next pick will be round 14. I mean, come on. And it's a best ball draft. Like yeah. there's a chance, there's a chance that pyramid isn't good and he reverts back, but I did a write up on him on fantasyalarm.com. You can check that out. The last two years, it's not only last year in Tampa, the year before that too, he was very efficient when he was given the opportunity and the Jets, have a lot of targets that are vacated. He could essentially play the Robbie Anderson role. And I know Robbie Anderson wasn't great, but this is basketball. You're telling me Bashar Perriman can't have three, four, five big weeks? You know, Crowder's the slot guy. We know Herndon's there, but, you know, they improve the offensive line. I know it's the Jets, and everyone has a negative connotation of them, but I don't know. I, I, I'm going to take Perryman in that spot. And even in a redraft league, if it doesn't work out and it's really bad, I mean, you're cutting a lot of those players in the double-digit rounds anyway, but... I like Rashad Perry. I mean, the guy was a first-round pick. We know he has the talent, the pedigree, size, speed. I know it was Tampa Bay last year. Winston was chucking it up. But I, I would take a shot on Perry, man, uh, for sure. And I, I know the lack of offseason activities hurts not getting that rapport with Darnold. But Denzel Mims is the other guy. I mean, it's going to be tougher for a rookie. At least Perryman has been around and played in different systems with different quarterbacks. I just... I'm a little surprised that Perryman is still there in those rounds. I, I'm taking a shot. I have him in quite a few leagues. I'm, I'm two picks away. Well, do you like him more than you like Alan Lazard? Oh, never mind. That that point was Perryman just taken went? away. Nope, Alan Lazard. Lazard was. Okay. 
Uh, who do I like better? I think I have Perryman ranked higher. I think I got was it? I think I got both in the FSJ league, if I'm not mistaken. You know, we do so many drafts. You do the same. Like you're kind of trying to figure <laughs> they out. They all like, blend together. Okay, which draft did I get again? <laughs> uh, but I, I think I have both. Uh, I'm going to check that out. And now. I, and I got to tell you, I think I've done like a record for me, record number of best ball drafts this season, uh, you know, cause I mean, there I am just sitting here, you know, in the pandemic and everybody's home and everybody's drafting is what do you, you know? So I end up, I, I'm in a record number of best ball drafts. I mean, it's great. I, I don't have to touch them. I don't have to deal. Uh, Perriman off the board to me. Thank I you. did not get Perryman in FSG. I got Lazard in round 12. Uh, so I'm assuming Perryman went uh, before in that draft. Because right, I'm, like, so, I'm pretty sure I have Perryman ranked higher than Lazard. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear the team? Yeah, let's rip this to shreds. Yeah, why don't you rip it to shreds? So, so far... Wait, oh, this this FSG draft... Oh, Bashard Perryman went in round 8, bro. Round 8? Oh, a... Wait, to me. What the oh, hell was that? You I took him in round 8? Yeah. Dude, well, I thought I was. I thought I was the smoker of this pair. It's a fourteen-team league, though. Still, so what does that become? Round ten. Okay, well, here's the guys I took him ahead of Ayuk. But remember, uh, I don't know if Debo was hurt at the time. I'd still take him over Ayuk. Mike Williams. I love Mike Williams' talent. I think the. I would love to see him on a different team, but I'm worried about the whole offense with the quarterback play. Jalen Rager, who I'd probably I would take him over Perryman now. Jerry Judy, Nikhil Harry, McCole Hardman, Preston Williams, Ruggs. I mean, is there anyone there that like, oh, yeah, I can't believe you took it? I don't think so. I mean, maybe you can make a case for a couple. Of, I take Rager over him right now. Anybody can make a case for him, but Rager wasn't even on the board. I mean, here I am sitting here, right, like yeah, I said. He's, he's, he's risen. He's risen. Who, Perriman? Oh, Rager. Rager, of, yeah, uh, definitely. All Sean, probably on Pop. Or did they officially place him on the... Well, they said he might be on the pup to start the year. Oh, it's possible. It probably it was... will happen. It's, it's Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, well. <laughs> 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 that dude's barely alive. He's barely alive. All right, you want to hear this uh, in order of, of picks, or do you just want to hear the team? It's easier just to hear the team, I think. No, nah, I like order of picks. You like order of picks. Okay. Here you go. I had the 10th pick in a 12-team tight end premium PPR draft. Uh, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner, Allen Robinson. Then I went Hunter Henry, and then I came back with Hayden Hurst so that I could start the little tight end run and get everybody taking other guys. Uh, Jordan Howard in round seven. Deshaun Watson in eight. Darius Slayton. Sony Michelle, Josh Allen, Curtis Samuel, Gerald Everett, Brashad Perriman. Why'd you take a second quarterback so quick? I know it's best ball, but... It's just best ball. Um, you know, just kind of playing the, uh, you know, who I've got on the other side of me and what they had uh, with their picks and what they were going to end up taking. So I just kind of, you know, it's, it's a best ball thing. It's two running quarterbacks. Uh, I'm perfectly fine doing that. I just felt like everybody else was just leaving all these other players just sitting on the board. It wasn't like, you know, I mean, the the running back that went after I took Josh Allen. So the running backs who were on the board were A.J. Dillon, Chase Edmonds, Antonio Gibson. I like Gibson, but still Washington blows. Is Gibson a running back in their software? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah the I know NFFC, he's, he's a wide receiver. Right. Uh, I believe. And then uh, he's a running back on, is it Fantrax, where I did the um, a draft the other day? I don't know. Is I think for the, I think yeah, I think he's a running back there. So, yeah, it's, it's some leagues. He's a running back, some a receiver. Yeah, well, in this one, he's, uh, he's listed as a running back. Um, yeah, I, you know, this is probably the only time I'm going to appreciate Yahoo giving, like, dual position eligibility. Yeah, right? <laughs> like the only time. <laughs> I had no shares of Kyle Schwarber in any Yahoo league when they oh, decided to catcher? leave him as a oh catcher. God. That was crazy. Oh. Like the guy hasn't caught in like seven years. Oh, we'll give him catcher eligibility. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, there you go. There's the team so far. I just figured. You like the tight end premium leagues? 
Um, I don't mind them, but you know, like the problem is, is you got to make the move a little bit sooner. I wasn't going to sit there. You know, I didn't take, I, I grabbed Nick Chubb and then right after Nick Chubb, uh, Kelsey and Kittle went off the board. I was like, oh, you know, okay. I kind of figured that, you know, to, to happen. I thought at least one of them, I was contemplating. I said, if one of them came back to me, I might do it in the second round, but they went right off after me. Uh, and then Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill came off the board. So I grabbed DeAndre Hopkins, who I have so many shares. I have more shares of Hopkins, I think, than, than you do of uh, Daniel Jones. I have so much Daniel Jones. It's pretty bad, man. If he's not good, I am in big trouble. <laughs> and then I didn't even, you know, and we talk about diversifying. So I have Daniel Jones and Joe Burrow in the fishbowl. I got the same two in the Superflex League draft I did the other day. I'm like, wait a second. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, I don't really think about the other drafts. I'm just like, oh, I'm taking the guys who I think are the best. But uh, it kind of does. It, you know, We've had this discussion. I think so, if you're really high on a player – and you truly believe, take the guy in as many drafts. You know, like Chris Godwin was a guy like that for me last year. Right. Obviously, if he gets hurt, you know, it is a problem. But I think it, especially if it's a late-round guy, I think maybe more in the early rounds is where you want to go a little different because you don't want to have a guy that you've taken in every draft in the first, second round, and he goes down, and then you're in trouble. If it's a guy you're taking seventh, eighth, or double-digit rounds, it's not as big a deal if they flop. Oh, Really? Oops. I think so, yeah. No, I'm Why? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because, listen, we, I said it before. I, I'm a guy who says if I can win with a guy in one league, I can win with a guy uh, in any other league. So, yeah, I do see a, a lot of the a lot of the same guys in, uh, in my life. Well, wait a second. Hold on. What? We had this discussion about the NFBC High Stakes League, and you were talking about how you didn't think it was a smart idea for the same – team to a same guy to invest like heavily in like the Indians pitching staff because of COVID-19. So you don't feel the same way now about that for football? Oh, I totally do. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure. Well, what did, is that what you were talking about? And then I, if that was what you were talking about, then I totally missed the point. I like taking, no, like, no, I'm saying I like taking the same guys from draft to draft. I don't care. I, I don't, understand that. I don't like you diversifying. Don't, does COVID-19 change that for you this year? Because to, what if the player gets COVID and sits out for a, a little bit? Because, now you – across several teams, you're hurting? I'm still – yeah, across several teams, I'm still hurting, but I'm still got to – I know that I got to replace them, and I know that, you know, so it's keeping up with that. It's knowing that I got to replace them in seven different leagues. Okay, that's fine. I can I can make that happen in seven different leagues. I can't – I can't – you know, I can't predict injuries. I can't predict COVID. Um, you know, so, you know, what I was talking about before, what it – it was stacking on the same team to have, you right. know, to do that. And what kind of a problem that can bring to the table. So, Oh, Oh, it's my pick, Adam. Who should I take? Um, I don't know. I don't have the board in front of me. You're not looking, you're not, you're not following no, along not. here. Oh, no. Geez, for crying out loud, dude. Forget you. Forget you. Um, but yeah. So what I was talking about was as far as like stacking the same team, because you know, in baseball, when you're talking about a, a rotation, you know, and you and you're getting like, you know, I mean, look at look at how many uh, twelve guys, thirteen guys in the Cardinals, thirteen guys in the uh, in the Marlins, like that. That really that hammers a team. I mean, could that happen in football? Yeah, abs- you know, ab- absolutely. But I'm not putting more than like a, a quarterback and a wide receiver from the same team, or a quarterback and a tight end. I'm not doing like you know, I'm not stacking an entire offense. Uh, in in football in fantasy football, no. Okay, so you won't do it this year. I don't do it any year where I stack in uh, in football. Okay. Have you seen me stack in football? I don't know. I haven't really examined your teams that closely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like listen. I like pairing guys up. Absolutely. Like I'll take yeah, a quarterback receiver. I mean, yeah. not force it if it's there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, like Deshaun. Yeah, I think in the like in a big competition with an overall, it makes sense. Like the fishbowl, if you can do it. Uh, I don't know if I was able to. I don't think I was able to. Oh no, I did. Wait, do I? I thought 
I'm getting confused now. I think I thought I had Stafford. Do I have Stafford in Burrow? Maybe uh, I have, maybe don't, I don't have. To. Just don't tell me that you're going to prorate Stafford's numbers from last year and tell me that he's going to throw for. He's going to have 76 years. touchdowns. You didn't hear? <laughs> Dude, people are driving me nuts with that man. Driving me absolutely bonkers. I'm like, you can't. Nah, if, he's, if he's healthy, I think he'll be good. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he, you can't sit there well, and, and... People make that mistake every single year. They do it in baseball the most. Right. Remember Trey Turner? Remember when they did that with Trey Turner? Oh, okay. See, I don't have Daniel Jones in the fishbowl. It's Stafford Burrow. Okay, so I have Stafford-Marvin Jones combo. So that's good. Ooh. You know, the guy right in front of me took Marvin Jones. The guy right in front of me is taking a couple of players that I uh, that I definitely like. Is it a fan? Because don't they mix? Well, no, not a fan. It's, a, a uh, I guess, a Joe. Which It's a Joe. I don't yeah. know why they call Joe. Because yeah. sometimes I'm, I'm they're gonna... high-stakes players. But they're damn good. Like, really? Yeah, I see I'm... some of the guys, oh, this is a Joe. I'm like, get out of here, man. Are you serious? Like, don't. They got to change the name of it. Yeah, I've got a Joe on, on both sides of me. So it goes me. And then this guy on the, uh, you know, a, a Joe on the other side, and then Jeff Manns on the wheel. Okay. So it's like, you know, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, what, you know, knowing players that Jeff likes, knowing how Jeff analyzes football, like that's one of the things. There, There's, you know, that's, that's always the big lesson. I try to teach that every single year um, without trying to sound like a condescending douche about it. But I'm like, knowing who you're playing against, like who you're drafting against, auction even more so like knowing who you're drafting against that's almost as important as knowing the player pool maybe even more important when it comes to like bidding guys up on certain players or in this case here you know i know how jeff drafts uh, you know a majority of the time and i know how he values players so when i'm picking two picks in front of him knowing that he's got back-to-back picks right there then you know then i can kind of plot and scheme a little bit more uh, you know, for, okay, what, you know, look at, taking a look at what he needs and knowing who he likes at that level. And, um, it definitely, it, it helps. I also know a couple other people in here, uh, from the industry as well, who are picking pretty predictably. Yeah. I mean, look, if you know the competition in your league, it definitely helps. If you know a guy likes certain players or his style, then, you know, all right, well, if I, especially when you're picking 10 and they're 11, 12, you're like, well, if I pass on him, I know this guy's going to take him, and I really want him, so I have to take him now because I don't want to risk losing him. So, yeah, it does help for sure. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about it in the Superflex League. We all knew that Scott Engel was taking Lamar Jackson at four. I mean, yeah. he's, been taking him in, he's been taking him in drafts with one quarterback in the second round. So, you know, you know that. Every draft. I've done a couple of drafts with Engel, and every draft he's the guy who grabs Lamar Jackson. Right? I mean, it's crazy. So... I mean, listen. I love Angle. I think that he is. I don't, um, but I think he's bonkers for doing it. Nah, I I, I like messing with him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's not something that I would do either. Uh, I know he's saying, well, even if you regress the twelve hundred rushing yards, you know, he could get seven, eight hundred. But we we've seen this numerous times. The that quarterback who has that big year. They tend to regress in a big way, even Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. And you can tell me Lauren Jackson is different, and he might be. And maybe we're wrong, and maybe he has a similar season. But I'm not going to invest a second-round pick to find out. Uh, I'm not going to use that kind of a pick either to, to check it out. I did it. I did it in one best ball. You know, Jim and I were sitting there talking on uh, on the Fantasy Alarm show. And, and, you know, just talking about whether or not it's a move that you would do. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I've, I've got a best ball draft coming up tonight. I'll tell you what my team looks like after doing it tomorrow. You know, we'll, we'll break it down on the show. Whether it's a, And it's the only time I'm ever going to do it, you know, because I also, uh, I did it. I had to do it, uh, you know, ahead of, uh, of Mahomes. So I had to do another best ball draft where I grabbed Mahomes early because I actually like Mahomes more than I like Lamar Jackson. But either way, second round pick for a QB, even a third round pick for a QB, it's just not the way I want to go. I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, when when you look at how ugly running back gets after like twenty five thirty, I mean, oh, it's so bad, man. Oh. And and twenty five thirty are often like the fifth round. You're just relying on backups that could move up because of injuries, and you know, with this crazy two thousand twenty and COVID nineteen, it probably will happen. You know, I think 
last year we did not see a lot of running backs off the waiver wire. And I think that might be stuck in people's heads. It's going to be, I think it's going to be wild this year. Uh, We're seeing it. I don't want to equate. I mean, we're seeing so many injuries in baseball already. We're seeing some injuries in basketball. And remember, they're not doing the typical off season. Some guys, we don't even know how much they've worked out. Uh, they're not going to have full practices for a while, no preseason. Uh, there could be more injuries. That first four weeks of the season, first few weeks, uh, it's going to be ugly football. It's going to be really ugly football. Like, we've been through this before. We've, like, seen it, you know? I mean, it's I'm, – I'm a little I'm a little nervous about it. You know, I got to be honest. I mean, well, I mean – I don't want them to delay it anymore because, you know, they that would just drive me nuts. But I wouldn't mind seeing them, like, err on the side of caution a little bit more. And possibly push it back just another week and just, like, try to, you know, just make sure. Get get one game in. One preseason game in, right? Couldn't that, couldn't, that couldn't hurt. Yeah, I, I thought that would happen. I really did. I was like, well, if... That's what I was thinking back like a couple months ago. I was like, well, if you can't play any preseason games, then what makes you think like, oh, okay, all of a sudden we're just going to start up the season. Everything's going to be good. They should. They should, probably should have played at least one. But then again, if they're not going to play the starters that much in that game, what's the point anyway? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's that's the problem. That that makes it really not a lot. Uh, but it's a back-to-back turnovers here in this basketball game. Now you got me sweating with you, dude. Yeah, you got me sweating uh, with you. I saw Harden just turn the this? ball over, and now so the the Nurkic points prop is eighteen and a half points over. He's got eighteen, <laughs> uh, and I'm watching him like get the ball inside to him. He's got the mismatch. Come on, man. So hopefully he gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. But uh, yeah, I just I just need Portland to cover. I mean, it would be nice to see them win. Uh, oh, they, someone... they gotta win. They gotta win. No, 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 not and it I, would I be have the nice. Clippers, so look, I. I, I want to see Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Final, but I also have the Clippers, and if the Lakers get eliminated, uh, that would be huge for the Clippers. And boy, though, the only thing is, see, I just feel like there's way too many LeBron James haters out there, and I just I couldn't deal with all those people pounding their chests if he loses in the first round. <laughs> it would not be good. That you see, that I understand. That I get, and, uh, but for vi- vice versa, for for my reasons, if the Lakers win the championship, oh, I know your reasons. I'm done. Like, I, I mean, stick a fork at me, switch me to alarm after hours, and you can take the the fantasy alarm show with uh, with, with Jim. Because if the Lakers win the championship, uh, I'm gonna be out of my freaking mind. Like, it would be the only thing worse than that would be if the Lakers won the championship and then Dallas ended up winning the Super Bowl. I, you know, I would love that. Yeah, I know. Which is why Fensty would be working with me during the daytime, and you and Jim would be pulling the uh, the alarm after hours gig. All right. Well, looks like there'll be some shakeup coming. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Dallas doesn't have that clutch uh, ability, but we'll see if the change in coach means anything. I mean, they have the talent. Uh, the Lakers obviously have a uh, they have a good shot to win. They definitely do, uh, but I'm still on the Clippers for now. Uh, but we got to get Montrez Harrell back in that bubble, man. He's still out. Lou Williams did uh, come back. Lou Williams did come back. Come oh. on, Nurk. That was a Foul big Nurkic, shot, man. That was a big come shot. On. That was a big three. Oh, you know what? Who's faster than who right now? Harden just scored. So it's 103-102. Oh, no. Really? I'm ahead of you. 103-102? Well, I'm at 103-100 still. Oh, okay. Then I'm way ahead of you. I'm Jeez. streaming this. How I'm streaming this on the on the computer. Are you kidding me? Xfinity oh, is that far TV. behind? Come on, dish to Nurkic, please. Get it in. Oh, he missed the layup. Come on, Nurkic. Damn it, man. <laughs> that was for the prop and to extend the lead. Oh. Oh boy. I can't believe my TV or my my computer oh, okay. is this far it's behind you. Westbrook missed, so it's a minute 35, uh, and Portland is up one. Uh, come on, Nurkic. I need you to get one more point, bro. Listen to him beg, everybody. Listen to listen to Adam beg and please. One more point. Come on, man. That's like the worst. Nurkic, come on. And he missed the layup. You saw it, right? He yeah, missed. I saw it. Oh. <laughs> 
I wonder if there's a fatigue factor. It's only his third game of the season. You know, he was out all season. Boy, Lillard only 18 tonight. And he misses the first free throw. Dude, what's up with Lillard, man? Come oh, no. on. Damn, you're so far ahead of me. It's so upsetting. It's so oh, upsetting. Why? Oh, boy. Dude, I got to tell you, my DraftKings lineup for MLB, by the way, today. Crushed it? Sucked. Oh, it sucked? <laughs> Dude, yeah. I I, <laughs> I I let somebody talk me into a couple of players. And, uh, you know, good old... Good, I, I think I picked around the Rockies. So if it was a Rocky who didn't do anything tonight, he was in my lineup. Well, that yeah, they only put up five runs, and no one really did anything. Just Arenado hit a home run. That was pretty much it. Yep, Daniel Murphy had a hit and two, and uh, you know he had one, he had a double. Chris Owings didn't do anything. Uh, Trevor Story had a run scored in an RB. And wow, Mello with a big three, top of the key. They're up five. Wow, big big shot. Mello hit a big three the other day too. He's got fourteen. Oh wait, I'm I'm All right. right. No, I'm, just... I'm about to see Mello's three pointer now. Just, Any hold, hold, please. <laughs> hold please. Hold <laughs> please. Oh, a little crossover. Oh, he dishes it out. Oh, he goes to the top. Oh, what a three-pointer there. Mellow, that was huge. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, uh, come on, Nurkic, man. I need one more point. The problem is he's probably not going to get to the free throw line because they're going to have to foul. Wait, Nurkic, foul him, foul him. They didn't foul him. Damn it, man. Now they're they're not going to foul here? Are they going to try and get this deal and then foul? Ah, damn it. Well, at least Portland looks like they should cover, but it's Houston. They can hit threes at any point, man. Well, all right, so relax. I don't know how much time is left on your clock. There's not a lot left on mine. 24.9. So what I need is the Rockets to miss and then uh, a rebound for Nurk, Nurkic, and they foul him. That's the only way this is going to come through. Lillard missed, hits the first. So you miss the Nurkic prop, but you at least hit the game. By a half point. But yeah, I had Portland uh, getting four on wager alarm. Dude, it's always by like a half point. I mean, that's unbelievable. What man. it is? That's how they set the lines. Oh my god! Oh, I just totally missed a pick and I got auto picked on uh, on a player. Uh oh, Adam, you got me. Yeah, yeah, can't distract me like this, dude. Not my fault. Oh, I think it is. I think it is. Oh shoot, man! This is my last pick. My last pick. What am I going to take for my last pick? Round 20? I'm not doing a, yeah. uh, No, 18. Oh, it's an 18-round draft? Yeah. I'm not doing a, uh, whatchamacallit. I'm not going to do another wide receiver, am I? Should I just do, about Lynn Bowden? I think I'm going to go Lynn Bowden. Let's go Lynn Bowden. Oh, Damn. That's so funny that I wasn't paying attention. I got auto picked. I mean, at least it was it was Steven Sims who was sitting in my queue. Oh, that's so. not bad. Yeah, well, right. So at least, least I had him sitting in the queue. queue. And that's a lesson for everyone. If you're in a draft, you know, but make sure your queue in case something like that happens where you turn away, you're distracted, you lose power. You know, put put guys in your queue in the order that you want them uh, because that worked out perfectly for you. Because at least it was someone in the queue and not someone who was at the top. Of the default list that uh, that is retired. Let's see who is at the uh, at the top of the default list is Damian Williams, and so see, there you go. Like, make close, sure that's retired, but... that's a huge thing, people, because like ESPN or, or Yahoo, they're not taking Damian Williams's name no. out of their software. Nope. So that's a that's a huge pooch screwer. If you've ever seen one, if you end up auto drafting a guy who was going to, uh, who, who already opted out uh, of the season, I still can't find anything as to whether or not a guy can opt back in. Uh, like Nick Marcakis for baseball. I don't even know if that's a rule in baseball. I think he said, you know what? I'm just coming back. You ain't going to do nothing about it. <laughs> no, I think they, I think they were like, you know, I think there was something in there that said that a player would be, would be able to change his mind. I think. 
Um, there had to have been some sort of stipulation to allow him in there, but everybody's sitting here trying to figure out if that's the case for football or not, and nobody seems to have an answer. Okay, yeah, that's uh, very weird, right? Yeah. We should have some clarity on that. Yeah, can you find that out for me, please, Adam? Yeah, sure. Uh, how much time is left in uh, in your Houston Portland game? Because I got a seven point lead with sixteen and a half seconds to go. Yeah, seven point lead with eleven point three to go. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Oh, I should have put money on the money line. I thought Portland was going to win this game. And you're still but not just... getting. And you're still not getting Nurkic. He's not doing anything. Nah, Mello, you, huh? Mello's at the uh, free throw line. Uh, the only way it'll happen. Okay, I need Mello to miss this free throw. Nurkic to get the rebound and get fouled. <laughs> Because Nurkic is a good free throw shooter, so he'll knock it down. So, right. come on, Melo, miss this. Miss it. Miss it. Noonan. Let Nurkic get the rebound. Come on, miss it. He missed. Get it, Nurk. He, oh, he almost got it and he went out of his hands. Damn it, man. <laughs> and then they are not fouling. They're going to let the clock expire. So, wow. Portland wins it 110-102. Right. That's a big one. Uh, it is. Um, I liked Portland tonight. Uh Again, wageralarm.com. You can check out the picks every day. What were your picks today? I actually did. I did. I didn't even look at them. Uh, Portland, Portland plus four. Nurkic over eighteen and a half. He gets eighteen. Damn it, man! He missed oh. some easy layups tonight. Oh, you had the you. Yeah. Oh, that, just knowing that layup. That that was it. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, Portland's not one and a half behind Memphis. Spurs are two back. So. Hot damn, hot damn. That is going to be a very, very I love it, man. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to get in there and uh and, and mix it up with Bowden tomorrow. So all right, so I but Portland has a tough schedule though. Let's look at their next few games because that was my biggest concern. I've talked about them a lot in the offseason, and then when uh I saw their schedule, I was like, Oh man, this is gonna be tough. Did you even uh, play any baseball tonight? You're not you're not sweating any baseball action at all? Uh, I, oh, I got the over nine in the Angels-Mariners game. And, of course, the Angels scored three runs at the top of the first inning. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's 3 it's nothing, 3 nothing. bottom of the fifth. Bottom of the fifth. <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect Heaney to give up much, and I hope he doesn't since I have him. But I, I thought the Angels would uh, – I think all the three hits came in the first inning. I know Dunn is out of the game. Uh but these teams played last week, and there was a ton of runs scored, and both teams struggling on the mound. And, uh, you know, the Angels' bats, you know, with Joe Adele making his debut, Trout back, and Trout did homer in the first inning, his first at-bat since coming back from paternity leave. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. But uh, but now it's like, uh, okay, can we get some more offense here? So, yeah, I'm sweating that. <laughs> did you see uh, Trout's kid's name? Yes. Did we talk about this already? Uh, we did not. Okay, I smoke a lot of weed. I don't know if I could. I could have the, <laughs> the same conversation with you, uh, you know, like four nights in a row. Yeah, no, we did. We did not discuss it. Oh. Uh, I thought it was adorable. I thought it was adorable. Did? That his initial spell bat. Bat. Okay. Yeah. Why the hell not? I guess people people are uh, very different with names nowadays. I see. Well, I mean, his well, Beckham apparently, according to the the people I've spoken to, Beckham is a very, very popular name among the uh, millennials who are having children. Okay. So, yeah, apparently that's uh, that's kind of a a commonplace name. Um, I'm gonna assume that Aaron was a nod to Hank Aaron because Trout's classy like that, and I'll just assume that. Um, and then, you know, obviously his last name is Trout. So there you go. So bat. But yeah, I, you know, Beckham was a uh, was an interesting one. Wait, so the Blazers play Saturday against the Clippers at one o'clock. Look at that, folks. This is what happens. We're just talking around each other. We're not even <laughs> listening to the no. words that are coming out of each no, other's I mouths right now. You said a, a nod to Hank Aaron because Trout is classy, but we were quickly going to look at the Portland schedule the rest of the way. Well, and I opened you, it up you, you, uh, you amaze and delight on that schedule because now I'm on the clock in the football diehards dynasty league and it's an IDP and I don't know where to go with this. I'm in round 32 of 40. Goodness. Wow. Yeah. You might want to sit after the podcast is over and kind of look and dig through it instead of just making a, a play right now. You might want to take some time there and look around. 
Really? You think so? Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. All right, well, if you just want to pick on the fly, that's fine. But, you know, I, I'd want to study it. Dude, I love picking on the fly. Picking on the fly is great. Here we go. Why not? It's Dynasty. I mean, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, a little rookie here. I'm going to get myself a little Jeff Gladney. Right? I could use another cornerback. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I play. I'm not. A, I'm not. Uh, I haven't done any IDP work yet. So I do my home league's IDP. But you know what, though? We start two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs. I always take it near the end. I love when the guys take the, uh, the IDP players like early. Like, oh, I'm getting the best defensive lineman, best linebacker. All right, good luck. I'm streaming them every week. <laughs> I mean, the defensive linemen are tough, so I might take one, them, you know, and maybe one stud linebacker. But psh, I'm streaming, man. Um, this one here, you know, that one you can't. I obviously you can't. It's a dynasty with a lot of rounds. <laughs> Which is why I don't, you know, have to, you know, get my IDP work started right now. That's what I mean. Well, this the way the scoring goes in this one here, it was actually Dempsey, Mike Dempsey runs this one and he uh what you call it? And he turned around, he said um that he was changing the scoring here and making it so that, you know, IDP players had more value. And the way he scored it I mean, I was like, holy crap, man. Like, I was looking at some of these IDP guys, um, and they all, you know, like, the value of them or, you know, expected point totals and stuff really rivaled, like, you know, that, like, third tier of running backs at that point. So it was like, you know, like, all of a sudden, you wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a series of linebackers go in the, uh, you know, in that that fourth and fifth round. I I think it was probably, like, sixth or seventh was really when the – when the IDP bubble like really got popped, um, yeah. But this one, I yeah, played this, in a this league like that deep. before, where they 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 had this. It was kind of like the Scott Fish Bowl, but with IDPs. But they kind of had it weighted, and they even have it had it shifted, where defensive linemen scored a ton. I had Justin Tuck one year, and he scored ninety five in a week. It was it was called utter chaos, and you can tell why the scoring was insane. <laughs> yeah. Just it gets crazy. Oh, I just got a a, a message from uh, from Jeff Manns. Uh, wow, dropping some f bombs at me. Uh oh, you sniped them. <laughs> Apparently, I took Nick Chubb in the uh, in the tenth round. Tenth uh, round in the tenth with the, pick with overall. The tenth pick overall. And uh, he's like, nobody takes Nick Chubb in the first round. Nobody does. You know, I was like, I I love Nick Chubb. And as far as like, you know, for me the the decision was, you know, it was Chubb. Then there's Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones. I'm like, you know, listen, I think people are nuts, nuts for thinking that that Kareem Hunt is going to ruin the value of Nick Chubb. Like there's just it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, like what Stefanski had brought over from uh, from working with Gary Kubiak for the last two years, Kubiak and Dennison and Stefanski's like. This is the this is the exact type of running game I need to instill in my new offense. I know I've got the targets. I know I've got, you know, Baker Mayfield throwing down to to Odell Beckham and, you know, and and finding Jarvis Landry and it's you know, there's a great passing game there, but it never develops if you have a crap run game. And and I think Gary Kubiak really just really instilled it in him. Uh Dennison's, you know, zone blocking offensive line, I mean that's just you know, Stefanski was building that whole thing right around it. So I Nick Chubb's gonna get mad carries. Yes, Kareem Hunt will get work. And you know, and he'll he'll be fine. But I, I see him more in the role of like, you know, like when Philip Lindsay not yeah, was uh not no, when when Eckler was behind Melvin Gordon, right? You know, it was like the, the bulk of the work is going to Chubb, Kareem Hunt is there, passing downs, change of pace, whatever. But not to the not to the point where it's gonna fuck up uh, Nick Chubb. Oh, I dropped an f bomb. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, I forgot to tell I you think, to wear earmuffs. I'm sorry. I think that he Nick Chubb can be like Derrick Henry last year, where he's not gonna catch a lot of passes, but he's gonna get a ton of yards and score a lot of touchdowns. That's what I think you're hoping for with Nick Chubb this year. Because if you did look at the splits after they came back. Nick Chubb was definitely affected, but I know it is a different system now, new coaching system, and they upgraded the offensive line. So I think that's what people are looking at. 
is they're looking at last year uh, when Kareem Hunt came back. Chubb's numbers were affected. And also the other thing was Nick Chubb was stopped a lot on the goal line last year. I had him in many leagues. Yeah. Uh, Remember that, he, that, that game? It was like like six tries. It was oh, like six dude, tries in eight plays. I was sitting there, and I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? You can't get one fucking yard, man. This is all I need, and you can't get in the end zone. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm probably not as – I actually thought about taking Nick Chubb in that super flex league draft over the weekend. Um, I had the 12 pick, but Derrick Henry fell to me at 12, and I'm like – and I and I don't – I don't love Henry. I, I think, you know, they lost some players on the offensive line, but we know that they're going to center the offense around him. And he's a guy that's been able to stay healthy. But at 12, I couldn't pass him up. And a half point PPR, I couldn't pass him up. But I did think about Chubb there as well. But I wound up going uh, Derrick Henry and Miles Sanders. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, listen, you know, when we're kind of getting to that point, I mean, Derrick Henry went the pick right before Nick Chubb. And, you know, if I were sitting there left with, you know, that decision right there of Henry versus Chubb, I'd probably would have gone Henry. Um, I mean, I love Nick Chubb. I really do. Uh, But But he was amazing last year. If you watch, I mean, that wasn't a great offensive line. No, it was a terrible offensive line. Didn't he average over five yards of carry? Well, that was the thing is once you, once he got to the next level, like, I mean, he he was unstoppable. He averaged, yeah, five yards of carry last year. He had 298 carries for 1494, eight touchdowns. He should have probably had more. And the thing is, he can catch the football. We saw it early. There was a play early in the year in the end zone. He made a phenomenal catch. I was like, wow. But yeah, Kareem Hunt did, you know, cut into his receptions. We clearly saw it. But if he can get what he had last year um, and score some more touchdowns, you know, he should be fine. I mean, here's the thing uh, from week. Let's look at week 11, 11 on. He had no receptions, 3-1-1-3-0-1. So that's what people are concerned about. In a PPR league, it definitely lowers his floor for sure. And he only scored two touchdowns after Kareem Hunt came back. So that's what people are looking at. They're looking at those splits and they're saying, oh, look at his numbers go down, which is fair. But at the same time, you do have to understand that they did improve the offensive line. It is a new system. And – uh, they're going to feed Chubb the football. And, again, I think he could be like Derrick Henry last year where he gets a lot of carries, a lot of yards, touchdowns, and is not catching the ball a ton. Yeah. Uh, a fantastic breakdown, no doubt about it. I mean, that's, you know, and, and I get that. But, like, you you obviously you made the point there. We've made the point ad nauseum as far as year to year. And you have to, you know, make those changes. And I think that that's, you know, that's that's a huge problem. That's a huge issue. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like why, it's it's why I'm on Jordan Howard now. Everybody's like, you know, laughing at Jordan Howard um, to the point here where in this draft I got Jordan Howard in the seventh round after I double tapped tight ends in a tight end premium league, and I was still able to get friggin' Jordan Howard. Like that was again, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and like pat myself on the back for it. But when I made these picks, you know, when I'm sitting there going through them, not only am I looking behind me and seeing Jeff Manns and uh, and another guy, you know, taking their players and knowing them and, you know, knowing what they were going to end up doing. But I was looking at the rest of the room, too, and I was like, screw it, man. It's tight end premium right now. I'm taking Hunter Henry here in the fifth round, um, which, you know, might be a little aggressive, but. You know, after I was, you know, I was pretty psyched and locked in with, you know, two solid running backs, two strong wide receivers that, you know what, screw it. There's no defense or kicker or anything like that. So you want to have in the tight end premium league uh, with rosters like this, these two guys. And you'd be proud of me, Adam, because Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst both have the same bye week. And I wasn't, (laughs) right? And I was like, screw it, man. I was like, I'm taking them both and I'm going to start a tight end run. What's that? Did you get a third tight end? I did. Of course, I got a third tight end. I got okay. I got the, the Rams' number one guy. While everybody thinks it's Higby, it's going to be Gerald Everett. You're sure about that? I'm pretty sure about that. Gerald Everett okay. is a better route runner, and he is a better pass catcher. He's got more speed than Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is a better blocker, um, and he's always been. But the problem was was that they didn't. When Gerald Everett went down last year. 
Higby uh, was he moves up. He's their he's their better pass catcher. And all of a sudden, you start looking at the Rams, who start running all of this, you know, eleven personnel, two tight end sets, and they start using Tyler Higby um, as the uh, as the pass catching tight end. Well, what's going to happen? You've got Gerald Everett healthy, and you've got Tyler Higby there, and who you've got one who's a better route runner, and the other one's a better blocker. Who are you going to be passing the ball to? I don't know. I mean, Higby had such a ridiculous run last year. Like, how do you just go away from that guy after what he did? Because you're going, you're not going away from that guy. You're going to that guy again, but you're just you're doing it with a different person. You're gonna still run those. He's still gonna run those plays. They're still gonna fall into those eleven personnel. I'm not saying they're gonna leave Tyler Higby out completely, but they're gonna deploy Gerald Everett in a lot more different ways here. Especially when you think about the fact of, you know, I mean, is Josh Reynolds really gonna step up? I mean, you could even you could line Gerald Everett up in the slot if you wanted to. He's got the ability to do that because I mean, what are you looking at on the uh, you know on on the receiving end? You've got Robert Woods and you've got Cooper Cup, right? I mean, that's what's going to end up happening. Oh no, yeah, I think and they probably will go with a lot of two tight end sets. That's what they did last year. Um, look, I don't mind taking Everett as a third tight end in best ball in case that does happen. I'm I'm kind of torn on Higby. Um, I, I've taken him in a couple best balls, nothing recently. Uh, it's just he had such a ridiculous run, and Everett did come back in week sixteen, week seventeen, and, and uh, didn't do and didn't play much. Yeah, I mean, you know, again. I mean that's 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 a big key for fantasy this year, trying to figure that out. I mean, like whoever gets that right, I mean, or they could offset each other, right? And you know, one week it's Everett. Four for eighty. The next week it's Higby. You know that could be the the thing too. But in in a tight end premium though, um, especially what you did to get him as the third tight end for the price, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Sure, absolutely. But so so I grabbed you know earlier in the in the thing I grabbed Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst because I knew that was just going to start a tight end run. You know you you, did, right? you look at you look at the default rankings on the FFPC and and Hayden Hurst is like. You know, I mean, he's probably a good like eight or nine guys below Hunter Henry, and I even left Evan Engram on the board to take Hayden Hurst. That's how much I believe in him. But because he's got so much buzz, and he's got so much preseason helium, that all of a sudden everybody else in the draft is like, "Oh man, well now I got to go grab a tight end. It's a tight end premium, and this guy's already got two, and the top ones are off the board, and I don't want to get caught without one." And the next thing I know, Engram, Higby. Gronk, let me Cook, let me ask you fan. a question. I'm sure you probably took Hayden Hurst in the Raz Bowl, correct? Uh, I think so. Should I, should I open up? Do you up remember that what team? round? Do you remember what round? No, I'll tell you right now, though. Okay, tell me, because I I want to. And do by you... the way, Edison Volquez is pitching the ninth inning for Texas in a tie game. He's still in the. He still plays. Yeah, yeah man. He, I don't, I don't know. They talked about going with a committee. I think Hernandez pitched the seven. Jonathan Hernandez, their youngster, who a lot of people feel has the best arm, but has a little control issues. Because I was having this discussion with my friend. He thinks it's Hernandez. I'm like, I, you got to also take into account, you know, arbitration and salary. Uh, Hernandez. Oh, Hernandez pitched the. Um, he came in in the seventh to bail out Lance Lynn and then pitched the eighth. So he went an inning and two thirds and they brought in Volkes to start the ninth. He gave up a hit, two walks, just got a pop up and now is being removed from the game. <laughs> uh, I took Hayden Hurst in the Raz Bowl in the seventh round, the final pick uh, of the seventh round. you know what round, round I was able to get him in? <laughs> What'd you get him in, like the ninth, tenth? Eleventh. Nice. Yeah. And even in the... Uh, that's what I'm saying. So you're right. The price has risen in a lot of drafts I've seen, but apparently not across the board because I got him 11th here, and I got him in the Superflex League over uh, on Friday, also like round 11 or 12. So I'm like, okay, you got. But I've seen other drafts where he goes really early. So you are correct. The hype has gone up, but apparently in some leagues, uh, not not so, not the case. So he's also it, he's he's kind of he's kind of buried. In, uh, yes, in the exactly. rankings over at the NFFC. Yes, he is. He's but, really buried. It, but the thing is, the problem why you can't always go by that, because take Howard and me, for example. We both like him a lot, 
all it takes is one other person in that in that draft to think the same way and go, oh, where's Hurst? Search? Oh, he's way down there? Uh, I'm not messing around. I'm going to take him here. I don't want someone else to take him. So that's where I always say pay attention to the queue on the platform you are because I absolutely seen it affects people. Um, yeah. They definitely pay attention to it. It did it, it did it in tonight's draft. That's why I ended up grabbing Jordan Howard in the seventh. In, in virtually every other draft I've done, Jordan Howard has been like a like a, a late fourth, mid fifth round, like in that area. Yeah, because you're taking him there. He, no one else takes him that early. Well, he's when I've when I've looked at the uh, at the at the rankings and seen where he is, the default rankings. I've seen people do it besides me. I haven't. I wind up getting him in a lot of drafts just because he falls. Like, did I get him in this draft? Yeah, I did in round eight. In round eight in the uh, in the NFFC one? And the Rasbull, yeah. Where did and he it, go it in where did he go in, in mine? Hang on one second and I'll tell you and I wind up getting him because no one wants him. He's not a sexy pick. And I don't yeah. love him, but like he is gonna get two hundred to two hundred twenty carries on that team. Yes. And he is. if he's my third or fourth running back, he's not a starter for me. So I'll take him. He's a flex. I mean play. I know Yeah, I mean I know Matt Breed is gonna catch a lot of passes. Well, he's a flex play. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with him being a flex play. And look, he was pretty good last year before he got hurt. And I I was shitting on him all year last year. I'm like, I don't want Jordan Howard. He's a waste because obviously I was invested in Miles Sanders. uh, And coaches seem to like him. So he's going to get – yeah, I love Matt Breida, but – he's a you got to remember he was in one of the best running games by Kyle Shanahan. He's never shown the ability to stay healthy. Right. And he's constantly banged up. And look, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well, but um you know, Jordan Howard is going to get the bulk of the touches there. And they'll mix Breida in. He'll be in the passing game. You know, Breida might get 10 to 12 touches a week. I could see it. I mean, it's definitely possible. You know, I'm going on on Chan Gailey's uh track record. And Chan Gailey, when when he's been, you know, the three years and the last three years where he was an offensive coordinator somewhere, uh, his running backs ranked anywhere from eight to thirteen in uh, in overall touches. So, passing game and and just and carries flat out. Um, he loves his running backs. He, he loves having that guy, uh, you know. Running it between the tackles there, and I, I mean, it's just it's it it's more suitable for Jordan Howard, and I think that's fine that you've got Matt Breida there on passing downs. I'm okay with that because you know, unlike Matt Nagy or Doug Peterson, they're not picking up Jordan Howard to try and convert him into being a cast pa- a pass catcher. You know, Brian Flores is just saying, "Screw it, this is the guy I want. This is this is how Chan Gailey likes to run his offense, and th- this guy fits." It's a it's a square peg in a square hole, not the other way around. No, for sure. And again, I I don't target Jordan Howard, but he winds up on a lot of my teams because no one wants him. And you know, I have uh, especially if I'm picking the early in the draft, I just don't like the running backs around two or three. I'm not forcing it. You know, I feel like everyone else is. Uh, so uh, even in this kit, in this draft for the Rasbol, I went uh, wow, a walk off grand slam. For Steven Piscotti. That's, I think they brought in Chavez, right? I think that's Jesse Chavez. Yep. So the A's win. Walk off. That's the second walk off Grand Slam they've had this year. That is, right? Matt Olson hit one. Uh, yes. Opening day, I think it was, right? Or it was definitely early. It was, yeah. I think it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was the A's opening day. It was the, uh, yeah. the Friday games. Um. Wow. I have never seen a DFS lineup do this poorly. It's just atrocious. It happens, but you know what's the good thing about it? Uh, that it was just tout daily, and there was no money riding on it. Well, that and tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Always look you on the bright side. Can't, of you life. can't get worse, worse tomorrow, can you? Or maybe it you can. cannot. It cannot. Wow. Wow. All right. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to. Uh, I'm going to thank our sponsors. I'm going to say a, a few words here about our our beloved friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? 
then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Who doesn't love Monkey Knife Fight? Adam and I both love Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, but on Adam's, you know, tomorrow's just another day. And oh, no, a new day. New day. You get to do it again. Clean slate. <laughs> Clean slate. It's brand new. It's brand new. I don't even. Who's on tomorrow's pitching slate? Who Do we have uh, anybody decent on tomorrow's pitching slate? I have it right here. We've got Rick Porcello of the Mets. So oh, come on, dude. Oh, against Scherzer. Against Max Scherzer. So you oh, got that's, Scherzer. A, that's a 6 o'clock game, uh, though. That's Aaron not on the Nola main against slate. against the Yankees. Oh, okay. So we, we're looking at 640 and after? Uh, Well, yeah, we're looking at 4 o'clock, um, 7 o'clock. Rand, Randy Dobnak against the Pirates. They are tr- atrocious right now. They um, are bad. But is Dobnak going to go more than three and a half, three innings? Yeah, he already he's he started. Uh, I think he definitely had one start. He might have had two. Let me see. He's gone five and four innings so far. He went five innings his last outing against Cleveland. Oh, no runs, three hits, two walks, four Ks. Good for um, him. And the uh, Twins are minus two hundred favorites. Uh, we got Hinjin Ryu against the Braves. Clevenger against the Reds. Ugh. You Darvish against the Royals. That one's not bad. That that's actually that that, that intrigues me. Uh, Lance McCullers against the Diamondbacks. He was very shaky with his control last time out. Uh, Ross Stripling versus Garrett Richards. Good oh, matchup a, there. Do I go Dylan Bundy, Dylan Bundy against the Mariners? Yeah, <laughs> I feel so dirty using Dylan Bundy. Why? He needed to get out of Baltimore, man. It was, and he's also changed his pitch, pitch mix too. Get out! Get out! Get out! Oh, and he leaps and makes the catch. Damn it. <laughs> Angels almost hit a home run. I need this over, man. Ah, You're not even getting the... What did you say the over was? Eight and a half? Nine. Nine? Yeah. Nine. It's three to one in the seventh. I know, but that's... Anything could happen. I needed this home run, and it was it was going out. It was robbed. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh. That was definitely going out, I think. <laughs> that angle was tough, but... Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here today. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. You've heard my draft. You've heard Adam's sweats and his bad beats. Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything here, right? Portland came through, though, so that, that's... Portland that's came through. That's You know what? I'm, I'm giving it up for Portland. I said to Jim that if Portland makes it into the playoffs, I'm going to get myself a Damian Lillard jersey and wear it in every Zoom meeting I'm in with Jim. <laughs> Just to that harass. Yeah, like, that would be funny. Again, I won't even care. I won't even care if the Lakers win the series. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, Jim will be freaking out with any kind of loss or... Even if it's just one game, I to me it doesn't even matter. But to know that I'm like, mm, like a tick burrowing under the skin there, mm, yeah, that's gonna make me smile. And on that note, on on that on the note of being a tick under the skin of Jim Bowden, we're gonna say good night, Adam. Any any parting words of uh, of glorious wisdom for everybody? Uh just a note and the NBA. On Tuesday, underdogs six and zero. The underdogs were six and zero on Tuesday. Yes. Wow. 
Hmm. All right. How crazy is that? NBA has been uh, crazy since the – I told you the books cleaned up today, uh, but all underdogs covered. And actually, wow, I think five straight up won. Yeah, uh, the only one that didn't win – the Mavericks were favored by five and a half. They won by four. But yeah, the Suns, Nets, Pacers, Heat, Blazers, straight up dogs all won. So six underdogs covered, five straight up won. Okay. There you go. There you go. Damn, man. If I would have done a parlay of all the underdogs, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Dude, I would have, if the Nets, oh, get out, get out. Yeah, baby. Two run shot, 5 1. Ooh. See that one that was robbed earlier was a damn. It would have been. Ugh. That's the Nurkic layup right there. Damn, I know, man. Jeez, man. <laughs> he missed like three. He missed several easy buckets underneath tonight, which is frustrating. But right. should that be the title of? Should that be the title of the podcast? Quick, real quick before we go, because we can be here all night. I think this podcast is two hours now. Uh, <laughs> do you feel like? Do you feel like? Hey, you know what? I got it right because he missed like three layups. And the process was correct, or do you go? I messed up. Well, how do you analyze something like that when you oh, move by no, half? No, no, no. The, the the research was right. The work was done right. He missed three easy layups. I mean, that's just that's aggravating. But yeah, that's that's the way it goes. Sometimes, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be right more than you're gonna be wrong, and exactly. that's that's the goal. That's, that's what you want to be profitable. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing in fantasy when we're prognosticating players for the year. We want to be more right than wrong uh, to put you in a position to win a championship. And it's the same thing with sports wagering. And it's all documented there. I mean, both sports uh, over 500. I mean, NBA for the year, I'm 10 over 500. So that's a profitable year if you've been following me and going with all the picks. Um, and, 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 you know, baseball will pick it up as well. So uh, that's what we want to do. And uh, we'll continue to do it. Um, I love it. I love it. All right, you want to do me a favor uh, for uh, for tomorrow? Because uh, I'm in California, I'm not allowed to do this. But wouldn't it be nice if somebody threw fifty bucks on the Oilers at minus one thirty five and took the over at six and a half and just uh, you oh. know threw fifty bucks on that just for just for the hell of it? Wait, on the Oilers to win straight up and the over, so fifty on each? No, 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 just uh, twenty five on each. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I'm surprised that over is only six and a half. Like, a lot of people talk that that number is too low. Um, well, you know what? I mean, you know, I could, I, I, I know that some people could PayPal or Venmo somebody 50 bucks uh, just in order to make that happen for them. All right. You, you have my PayPal. What? Who? What? Huh? What? I don't know what you're talking about. I did, about. my friend. My friend, my friend did that for MMA. He lost. <laughs> he, he talks. I'm like, dude, you're an MMA guy. And then, you know, he had like a parlay a couple weeks ago. I think after losing, I think he's given off because he hasn't contacted me since to make any wagers. People, people think it's easy, man. It's not easy. You really have to, you know, do research and dig in and uh, remember well, I, too. I, there's I, ups the, and downs. The over for me is really. Is is what I believe in when I saw that at six and a half. Throwing Edmonton in there at one minus one thirty five. That's it's you know I mean it's it's not a bad bet. It's not a great bet. Just you know on the money line there. Um, but I'm only doing that part of it because of you. Because oh, well, yeah, I want I, I want the Oilers to advance towards you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. I'm here for you too, man. Right back at you, brother. Right back at you. All right. Well, this lo- this thing's going to end in a big, big love fest. And uh, and that's going to do it for us here uh, tonight on Annie Up. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, I'm Howard Bender. He's Adam Ronis. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>